Welcome to the new day, my fellow thinkers. I'm coming to you from wacky, tacky, staticky Buffalo, New York. I am your host, Logan Eldine Misseldine, and today are my potless thoughts for this week. And so, without further ado, y'all have decided, y'all have chosen, y'all have commissioned me to do injury stories. So here we go. So y'all decided, and by the way, thank you, everybody, every single one of you for, that have commented, that have messaged me, that have done anything, even if it's just a business pr- pr- proposition, whatever. I don't care. Thank you so much for your feedback. I have been loving it. You guys are helpful, so helpful and so encouraging. I cannot believe the support I've gotten. You guys are the best. Thank you so much. Thank you so much that you liked the last podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. Absolutely. That's that's my main goal is to tell y'all how y'all and you know tell y'all my stories, and then have y'all enjoy me as I am. So with that, um, I think that I, th- I think that even though it, it's outside of the topic, I th- I think I got like a weekly update. So. Next week, I'm going to be doing a, an overnight camp or at least uh, some time in the woods. So y'all are going to see some content from that. I can't wait. Some live <laughs> some live content, so to speak. And then, um, let's see. Uh, oh, yeah, that's right. The other day, um, and this is just some wacky-ass story I just wanted to share on here. I just felt like I should hold on to this, this story for my, my future posterity and for your enjoyment. Uh, my wife, she works at a Rite Aid. And I'm going to set the stage first. So the right edge she works at is across the street from a nursing home, uh, a block away from uh, an established group home uh, neighborhood. And then she gets suburbia of varying middle class to upper middle class to her next. And then the buses from the inner city congregate there a lot of times. And so she gets literally every single type of person in. And if anyone has worked retail, you'll know people are the worst. Absolutely terrible. And so yesterday she had a really bad day. So I'm going to tell you the story of how she had to call the cops three times. And the cops had to come and intervene three times yesterday. So the first time, all right. First time, she there was this little girl that was on her own. And she was she was uh, buying things and her cute little stuff. She had to be younger than 10. And there was a man watching her the whole time my wife she she's such a guardian angel she could just know when things are wrong and what's up and so she and so she's watching and then if she gave she, she gave herself a marker if if he followed her to a certain aisle he was she was going to call the cops just to make sure because it looked so suspicious and so she did and he, he he did and so she called the cops they were there waiting outside and as the little girl was walking on her way out the man ran to her grabbed her underneath her arm and was making to take her off to who knows where, where he was quickly stopped by the cops, curb, not curb stomp, but like thrown into the curb, hogtied and apprehended. The little girl was safe and her grandmother came and was talking to her. And it turns out the man, uh, uh, it was on parole and was supposed to be uh, considerably lar- longer distance away from that area than he was. Uh, Cause he had some prior, occurrences with uh minors and such so they took him away for good and then uh my wife gave the account of the story and you know to the police and continue on with her date about an hour later 
an old elderly man who we've had encounters with before uh, had walked in and asked if there was a bathroom. And so my wife said, no, there is no bathroom here. It's not, you, you have to go down the, go down the street to the pizza place. And so he looks her dead in the eye and says, well, it's coming out of my leg. It's, it's coming down my leg now. And so all this, and as my wife described, this orange soupy just secretion came out from under his leg and he pulled out his pants to finish and made eye contact with my wife at the whole entire time, especially even as she was calling the police once again. And so he calmly was arrested again. He, he, it, it turns out he's got some mental issues that were not properly addressed. And so that is another three hours of, of, of cleaning and having the, the cleaning company and whatever else procedure Rite Aid has for uh, uh, hazardous waste removal. And so there was that, and so she's just relaxing and she's trying to get over the day and texting me in a flurry of what's happening as, as it's happening. Um, and while the maintenance, so while the cleaning people are still outside and cleaning shit off of their mops, they, uh, a, a, a younger man comes in, his face is noticed to be swollen, and he's very highly agitated, and he comes up to my wife and says, I need to use the phone, I need to use the phone, somebody stole my information, I need to use my phone, I need to use your phone, please, 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 please. And he's going nuts, and so she hands him the work phone. And he's cursing up a storm, calling somebody, and then tries to essentially verbally abuse my wife into doing something. And she says, you need to leave. Like, you got your help. Please leave. And so he does. And then five minutes later, my wife hears an altercation outside and turns out he's now trying to get into a physical fight with a person. Well, screaming at them, saying that you, you stupid, you stupid fuck. I only wanted was money. Please give me money. I need the money. And just going nuts and nuts and nuts over the guy. He's obviously like o- overdosing or something. And so my wife motions for the other guy. He comes in. They lock the door on the assailant, so to speak. And so the cops come. They arrest him. And then they're getting his side of the story and talking to him as well as my wife. And then the man get gets in the f- in the face of the police officer. He just he side gets inches from his nose and he's just and while the police officer is keeping it cool, he's de-escalating the situation the best he can. Get away, back down, back away. And so the man goes into his shirt and pulls out a knife and tries to cut this officer, whereas his female partner comes in and totally wrecks his shit, slamming him into the curb, arresting him once again, lifting him up and throwing him in the car, and and all the while, the cleaners are still there cleaning shit off their mops. And so Paul, the shit mop cleaner, is videotaping the entire thing. And after everything goes away, he comes up to my wife and says, do you want to watch the video? And so that was probably the craziest thing that happened this whole entire week. I couldn't make it up. She couldn't make it up. It all happened within a five-hour stretch of time. So if you're out there, please keep an eye out for anything. Like, if you're out in the streets... You got to take care of people. Do your best. Uh, don't really know where I'm going with that story. I just wanted to share that with y'all. Cannot believe that happened to her. And they even had a counselor coming in because it was such a traumatic experience for some of the other staff. Wow. And it, it, that's usually a common occurrence of at least cops being call, called at least once a week. But this was this was a special occasion. So back to business, everybody. So today is all about injuries. Okay. So. I have had a handful of injuries uh, leading into surgeries and stitches and other th- and casts and things and you know on, on 
not unlike a a more uh, a, a person of more outdoors experience or more uh, a tendency to ex- experience life at a higher rate of risk. So I'm going to start from the very beginning. I've told these stories so many times, so y'all are in for it. I don't know how long this is going to be. It might not be an hour. Might be two hours. Who knows? We're, we're gonna we're gonna figure out how this how this goes. So me. The first injury that I know I've done was when I was one years old. And so what ended up happening was my mother left out a hair curler, one of the straight rod looking ones, and out to heat up. And my one-year-old self somehow managed to pull it down off the counter, look at it, size it up, grab it with my left hand. And just get this death grip going. And just started to let go with the right hand. Where it was my left hand. And I just could not let go. And I'm screaming and I'm crying. And so finally she comes. And I get a, I got a cast from that. You know, went to the doctor. So boom. Already one out of the gate. My hand doesn't look any different than it should. But still. It, it, it left something within me, within me. And so. After that. For a couple of years. I was doing fine. I was doing okay. I got some scratches here. Got some bruises here. Um, and then the next thing that happened to me was I took swimming classes. I took swimming lessons at the local well, at the local public pool. And so we, you know, I loved it. Was upgrading to the up to the next class every year. And so I believe it was the year that I was in the Barracuda class. Yeah, that's right. Badass sitting here. Graduated from that. Yeet. So what ended up happening was that we were we had gotten to the point where we learned um what do they call that? That the dolphin kick or the mermaid kick or whatever, basically. Basically you flop your body like a dolphin in the water and if you had flippers you could work pretty good. And so me, uh I never really liked goggles. I hated opening my eyes, and worse still, and I'm setting this up real good, I really disliked putting my hands above my head. With this particular move, I felt like I was more badass if I didn't keep my hands ahead of my head. And so I was racing myself. And so... Um... Shit. I was racing myself, and I was going at it. I was I was having a good time. And the next thing I knew, I, was re- I felt like I was reaching the wall, so I was about to put my hands up. But the next thing I knew, I smacked my forehead into the corner of the pool. I just thought I just had hit my head for the fourth time that day. And I'm rammed my head. It's just rammed it so hard. My brother is laughing hysterically at me. And I'm telling him to shut up. And then he looks. And I, I see his expression. His look changes from maniacal devil laughter into, oh, shit, my brother is hurt face. And so, I've, and then all of a sudden, I look at my fingers and I'm bleeding. They whisk me out of the the pool, running me to the nurse's office. My mother is chatting with somebody. And then... happens to realize oh that is my son that is bleeding let me go help him and so they sent me down they get a mirror on me and i have like a quarter sized hole in my forehead just carve a chunk out of it and what ended up happening was there's the cutouts in the pool that let the water in and out to get filtered and you know over help over filling whatever i don't know how they work and so the corner of the edge where it was like where i had a slant into to uh, the lower edge, I hit the corner of that and just, just like spoons scraped off of it. My brother said that he saw my flesh still attached on my head when I was in the pool. 
So as I got out of the pool, I must have deposited my flesh in into the water. And so we, we should have gotten a Sharpie and written my name on it so it could be returned to me. But made it to the doctor's office and only had five stitches, which I was very disappointed at. But it was my first encounter with stitches, and I bragged, and I, and I, and I, and I, I made a big stink out of that. I milked the hell out of that. Oh man, I even got people to sign a piece of paper. Get well soon. Had a concussion. That was good. That was a good one. So that that was the first big one. My first concussion. I'm gonna go into concussions now. My first concussion was I was a top bunk kid. I slept on the top bunk. I was the older one. I was it was the cooler spot, and it was one with that didn't have a railing. And so in the middle of the night, I remember. All I remember is being mid air and looking at the floor, and everything was in a tinge of green. And the next thing I know, I saw white, and then I woke up to my mother trying to scrape me across the floor. And so what ended up happening was I had fallen, obviously. And then it had like drawers on the bottom side and it had this ornate kind of uh, hand carved look to it. And so it was kind of sharp. So what ended up happening is I smacked my face into that and then it hit the floor real good and hard. Not hard enough to wake them up until morning, but hard enough that I, I, I it conked me out. And so I had no idea what, had, what really had happened. I All I felt was that my face was really swollen. I didn't feel dizzy. I didn't feel anything like that. I just remember going to the doctor and checking me out, me ignoring every word that they said, except for that the doctor told me not to really wrestle my brother much. And I laughed along with him and was totally committed to wrestling him later that night. And I didn't understand that that would have been a bad idea. And so the second concussion that I got, the only one... Oh, no, no, yeah, second concussion that I got. Yeah, yeah, there's some more. And uh, for anybody listening, I am going to recount... Even if lightly, the longboarding ones, I know I already went over those, but I'm going to go over them again. And so the second one that I got was when I was in seventh grade. And so there was there was a school, and it had a little bit of a yard in front, and it was one of those where like it had just a random-ass like 10-foot-long piece of fence. That was it, though. And so me and my cousin got in the habit of pretending to be uh, trapeze and trying to walk the tightrope. And so I remember because we carpooled. And so after school, I'm, I'm tight roping. I'm doing real good. I see my mother approaching. I go to wave. The next thing I know is that my, my feet went from being un, on the fence to feet directly in the air. And my head gently, ever so violently clutched in the corner of the, of the, of the, of the curb. And so after that, I saw a plethora of colors. I saw everything in a shade of pink, green, red, and blue. And I remember feeling really dazed. And my mother pulled up and asked me, are you all right? And I said, yes. And that was that. That's how that standed. And so I took me a while, and then uh, I felt better. Then I went to sleep that night, and I still woke up. So I got lucky, I guess. That That was a particularly fun thing. Um... And the next concussion and the last one that I think I had, unless I forgot one, um, was when I was longboarding one day. I was showing off my the friend that had gotten me into longboarding had come back to town. He was carrying his dog and it had just rained. And so we were just having a little bit of a wet skate. I had my cruiser, my big ass pintail, and 
I was weaving and I was waving and I was carving and I was having a good time and I was feeling real steezy. I was feeling real good with it. Next thing I know, I took a really hard right curve, slid out, spun around, tripped on my board, and because I didn't have my helmet clipped in, it flew off my head and I just thwacked my head real hard, the back of my head real hard. And I, I gained a goose egg about the size of probably, an, uh, not an ostrich egg, but man, I, I don't know. Probably uh, you take your fingers together, you take your middle and your thumb, you put them together, uh, the fingertips, and then uh, you take your right hand and then you take your fingertips and you put them into the palm of your hand. And that's about how big it was. It was, it was quite ginormous. And so I call my mom immediately, stuttering and, s- and slurring. And tell her what happened, and uh, she said, come home. And I did, and I still went to bed that night. So, yeah, I, I have a bad habit. Uh, maybe that's where my memory went. But, yeah, so those are my concussions. So my stitches and my concussions, and that's about all the head injuries I've received. The next injury that I had received that was of noteworthy amount had to have been... um Oh! Nice. Okay, I'm not going to go into that one. I'm going to go into... <laughs> so, when I was a kid, I liked skateboarding a little bit. Wasn't very good at it. My friend promised me they were going to go to the skate park with our scooters. And we're going to check it out. And I'd never been. And it was a big day. And so, I was practicing riding my scooter. And I'm like, this is going to be dope. Me and my best friend. We're going to hang tight. It's going to be chill. And so, what ended up happening was, as I'm thinking that, I hit a rock, I hit a crack, I hit the curb, I don't remember. Next thing I know, I'm literally being, like, crucified on this scooter. Wind is absolutely taken out from me. I've scraped my face, scraped my elbow, scraped my hands, scraped everything. My chest is raw. And to make it better, after I couldn't breathe and couldn't speak, I looked to my right, and there's a group of pretty girls walking up the route, and I'm reaching out to them. And like a zombie, and I'm saying, help, help me, I'm hurt. And they just run the hell away from me. And I was so embarrassed, and here come my parents running down the driveway, picking me up, coddling me, taking care of me, and I'm just in the most amount of pain I'd been in from a wipeout. And sadly, I didn't get to go to the skate park. But what was even worse was that my friend was supposed to call me, and I was going to give him the news, and we drove somewhere, and I saw him walking around with another friend nowhere near the skate park at all. So I think that my guardian angel tripped me so that I wouldn't be so disappointed by that. Um, yeah, there was that. And then... Uh, yeah, I think I think for childhood, I think that's about it. Um, at least young childhood, Utah childhood, as I call it. Um... Crap, I'm just trying to go think of the next one to go into. Okay. So then I moved to New York. And then I'm in eighth grade. Wintertime comes. And I join the wrestling team. And I'm stoked. Because I'm going to get swole. I'm going to get tough. I'm going to let out all my aggressions. I'm a very angry person when I get angry. And it never goes anywhere good. So I was finally going to put it somewhere I wanted to. And then the first day of practice. Boom. Breezy steezy. I'm... I'm in pain from, but I'm not in any more pain than I could be. You know, my cardio's already pretty tight and pretty active. Kid, boom. Second day, we're learning stuff. 
getting into it, you know, learning drills, learning the positions, learning things like that. I'm doing, I'm, I'm having a good old time. Then what ends up happening is that a friend of mine, we're, we're not supposed to be sparring. We're not supposed to be, we're only supposed to be drilling uh, what's called a sprawl, which is a defense for a takedown. And so he goes to take me down and I'm not shitting you. I gave a beautiful sprawl, like especially for a beginner three days in, it was the tightest sprawl of all time. His, he was smashed down. He wasn't getting to me worth shit. The problem was that he kept going. And the other problem was that I didn't know what the hell to do next. What was I supposed to do, people? I don't know. I'm, this is my third day. All I knew was to sprawl. And all that I knew was to stand up. That's it. That's it. And so I'm going. My, my, I feel my legs buckling. And I'm like, I don't know what to do. This kid's still going. And so he picks my ass up. And as he puts me down, my back is straight to the ground and my knees are, and my knees and my feet are bent into, or my legs are bent in a 90 degree angle and my feet flat, uh, land flat. And I felt this sickening push. There was, it felt like God had come down and he took with two fingers, he poked in on my ankle and then he poked, or no, no, yeah, like on the back side of my ankle. And he poked in on the front side of my shift or shit shin. And I felt this shift in my leg. It felt weird. I felt okay. It was kind of weird. So I was like, okay, I feel kind of weird. Let me try to stand up. So I try to stand up. I buckle. They walk me over to the, the wall. I gave maybe one good step into the chair. Like I took a good step. My ink, I can't put pressure on my ankle. It's not hurting that bad. And it looks a little swollen. And so I told the coach all that. He got my shoe off, which might not have been a great idea. I lost that shoe. And what ended up happening was that I tried to to hobble my way. Had, it couldn't make it to the bus to take me home. My, it was my parents' anniversary. And so no one's there to pick me up, so I got to take the bus. I'm hobbling. A kid picks me up, takes me to the bus. I hobble outside. I think I had my parents' phone, so I told my brother what was going on. I got inside, relaxed. And then the next morning, I still couldn't put any weight on it. So we go to the doctor. We got the x-ray. What had ended up happening, instead of it being a high ankle sprain as predicted, I had broken through the tibula and the fibula or tibia and fibula, what, fibia, what, however the hell you pronounce that, at a diagonal thing about a few inches above the ankle joint, and each of the bones had corkscrewed. And so I had to go in the next day or the day after that, be put under for a relocation of my bones. And so I remember sitting in that bed, all gowned up, leg is over there, chilling like a villain, looking just fine, not looking too bad, just a little swollen. And so I remember they put the IV in, and I watched that, I watched that, ooh, so cool little bit of fluid flowing down through the tube and entering my veins. And I remember squeezing my arm and trying to calm my heart rate down and looking at it and telling myself, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. They're going to have to give me more. They're not going to do it. And I remember... Just out of nowhere, just a boom, and I'm looking around, and I'm like, 
whoa, bro. And I'm telling the nurses, I feel loopy. I I feel loopy. I'm loopy. Am, am I loopy? And I remember they were pushing me into the room, and I looked at my mother, or I looked in the sky, and I said, I like this feeling. And both the nurse and my mother at the same time in the same uh, manly, deep voice said, no, you don't. And I said, okay, okay, I don't like this. And I blacked out as soon as we hit the doorway. Woke up, was in a beautiful black cast, and um, missed the entire wrestling season because of that. I was very bummed, but I still stayed with the team. I still did my part. I still mopped, mopped the best I could. I hobbled around. I did I did team exercises best I could, and uh, had a good year. I, ha- I had a good year with that, even with the cast. Um, let's see. I had everybody sign the cast with a silver Sharpie, which is pretty dope. Uh, I had a GIMP patrol, G-I-M-P patrol, GIMP patrol, and uh, they helped me with my bags. And um, that was interesting. Didn't like that much, especially in the winter. And then I remember at this one point that we'd gotten back from a meet and my mother forgot about me. And so for three hours, I was waiting at the school with crutches. And turns out, after all that, she was in the bathtub for three hours, taking her time. Yeah. So I felt very helpless. After I got off, I had what was called a leper leg. Uh, it was so emaciated and so sickly and gross, it smelled. It wasn't fun. Uh, I have to put up pictures of my leper leg. Um, yeah, I'm going to take a break real quick because i got to go back to work. And uh, I'm going to give you guys a transition, and I'm going to go into how I dislocated my finger. That's a good one. All right, so like I've described that, uh, no, I've had a couple of wrestling injuries here and there. Um, you know, I talk about said I was going to talk about my my dislocating my finger um before that though there was a couple of things um uh like I used to I used to get road rash across my forehead a lot because in wrestling or grappling in general there's a there's a technique that you do when you get into a clinch or you get into uh, uh where yeah the clinch you, that, that makes sense and so where you take your forehead and you try and you put leverage into the other opponent's temple and you try to do that and no matter where they shake their head it helps you put pressure and keep uh keep the aggression on them and so i was wasn't the strongest dude on the upper body part but i i've got a little bit of a mean streak in me and so i took to that to heart and would really 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 dig my forehead into people i I was known for it so i used to go home with these Road rash is all across my forehead. I, I I didn't give a crap about going on dates with chicks or anything. I was just more concerned with uh, whether or not I could get the biggest kid in my weight class to uh, to submit for his forehead to me. Um, on top of that, I inflamed a bursa sac in my right knee, which is it's fine now. It wasn't a big deal. It just was the weirdest, most painful thing for like a joint thing that I've had so far. Lies. I can't even say the most painful. You know, it was it was really just. Out of the blue, I, I don't don't know where it even started. Came from, it just kind of showed up overnight. But so after that, I um, it was in my junior year. I had moved to uh, to Clarence High School. You guys can look it up if you want to be creepy. And uh, I was part of the wrestling team, and I met with some success, and I ended up making it to the varsity team, which I was extremely excited about. But what happened is we, I went to my first meet, and this, this was funny because uh, 
I wasn't notorious for being overweight, but I, I had some close calls when I shouldn't have, like by just by the f- mere fractions. Like it was, it was purely just discipline. It wasn't like anything like health or that I was being stupid. It was just like purely discipline. So it was kind of annoying to those around me. So I, I had a little bit of a reputation, a little bit. I always got it down though. I never missed weight. It was just in the morning. I had a morning scare. Um, part of me liked that punishment, but because um, I'm kinky. But no, uh, <laughs> um, I remember I was. This time I was like 0.7 over. It was a little too much. The night before I was making cookies and I ate too much cookie dough and I thought I was okay. But so my coach gave me gave me what's what and started me running. And so I put on everything that I had. I knew I needed to. And so I just started sprinting. I was sweating the entire time from the time we were at the school to the time we got to the the tournament. And so the the other part of the story is that there was a kid a kid named Tim. I have no idea what his last name is, so he's protected. He's safe. His reputation isn't tarnished. He was um he he was never on weight ever. Never had been. He he was always like a pound overweight the entire season. I don't think he really wanted to wrestle, but he did anyway. And so he always made it a joke too. But this time he actually put in work and he was like, Oh my gosh, I'm like point ten under. This is amazing. And we we're all congratulating him, whatever. And then this this kid on the bus, he decided, you know what? I'm I can I'm gonna make weight. I'm just gonna eat. And so he ate his entire breakfast. His entire food that he had packed in for lunch and breakfast. He ate the entire thing. So we got to the weight. I ended up being point four under i was well well within weight which was good he stepped up right behind me he was seven pounds overweight holy smokes if you guys don't understand if you're at all any overweight you cannot officially wrestle you cannot you you failed you failed something most people um the most i had seen until this point was like uh maybe a pound over you know and just go take a dump and pee a couple times uh try to Mm, yeah, some kids went bulimic. I never did, but holy crap, seven pounds. That is a lot. That, you can't work that off in, uh, in a half an hour stretch. That's not going to happen. So he got his dad. Dad was coming in. He was proud of me. He thought he was going to make it. And so that wasn't a pleasant conversation. It was almost like that, that part of Airbud where the dad was yelling at him, throwing basketballs at him. But it was almost like that. But I, I felt bad for him, but I also didn't. But. Yeah, poor Tim, poor Tim. So that's that's what was going on in the beginning of it. And so I I won my first match, which was exhilarating. It, it wasn't too bad. And then uh, I went against the first seat, and it was an embarrassing. Uh, I want to I want to I want to I want to give myself a minute and a couple seconds. So I want to do that. I want to give myself that at least until I was brutally pinned. But I I, I didn't blame myself. My coach didn't either. I I pushed pretty hard. Um, and then the third match. I was ready to go. I was I was in the zone. I was ready for it. This kid seemed like he was a little too cocky, and I felt like I was trying to be humble, as I sound so cocky right now. And I was getting at it, and you know, we're going at it. And then within the first forty seconds, he shot at me. I sprawled back, and I put all of my weight on my right ring finger, and I just felt it jam just so. And so I was kind of concerned. I I was still gonna go. And then I look down, and if you hold your hand out straight, you don't put your fingers together, just hold your hand out straight, uh, pick a point on the wall, your fingers all should kind of generally point in the same direction, kind of a spread out. My right index finger uh, looked to the essentially the corner, top corner of the room. So that's, that's where that was. So I 
held it up for the ref, started shaking it. The ref immediately, stop, 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 stop. The kid, like, turns white and runs away. They're sitting me down. I'm in no pain whatsoever. It, yeah, I just feel a little stiff in it. And so first thing my coach does, takes a picture, sends it to my mom. Says, hey, here's your son. Here's your son. And so um, he turned and he came to my side and he's like, look away. I'm like, all right. So he grabs my finger. And the second he grabs my finger, the trainer is running, screaming, you can't do that. You can't do that. Stop, 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 stop. New York State law. If anybody other than a designated uh, uh, medical professional, a.k.a. a doctor, were to reset my joint and if the bones were broke could the bones could potentially break and then school could be under liability so therefore i had to sit and wait with my dislocated finger and end my tournament great so everyone's freaking out i have this mothering trainer trying to sit me down just breathe and i'm looking at her i'm like honey i'm fine this is okay this is all right and so i'm i'm i i'm doing my singlet and i'm breathing relaxing the kids like are you okay i'm like i'm fine Good match. Good luck. Hope you make it. He made it to something or other, I think. He didn't make it to first place or anything like that, but he, he did make it further than I did, obviously. But I went and I took, I got undressed. I took a shower. I scared the shit out of this kid. He was in the shower and with me, and he was like upset or something, and I could not open the shampoo bottle I had. I just couldn't do it. And I'm like, hey, kid, can you can you open this for me? And he just looked so terrified because I was holding out my nasty finger. I was like, oh, yeah. Opens it and he just runs right out, soaked up and everything. Um, I got out, I got redressed, I took some pictures, and um, I will post those that picture at least. I will post that one up. That's a good one. And so then I got out, I got dressed, I was eating, um, I was talking to somebody if I needed a ride. I had already called my mother. She said she'd be there. Um, it was all right. Sweet woman. And then I hear her from behind her in the stand. Somebody says, show us the finger. And I hold it up. And I see every single mother just cover her eyes and go, oh, my God. It felt bad. But I, I was walking around. Everyone was, like, gawking at me. I had a pretty good conversation with the trainer uh, just about what was going on and, you know, where she was from and stuff. My mom showed up an hour later um, and then threw some shitty directions. We missed the hospital that was literally around the corner. And went all the way downtown to Buffalo Children's Hospital, and in that, and I got in pretty quickly. It was a, it was a slow day, and so, and then uh, there, she was the woman was getting trained. She was, she wasn't all there. She wasn't professional quite yet, which is ironic. But she's looking at my finger. She's poking and prodding. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, it looks okay. We took an X-ray, which I think I could find, just to see if the bones were broken. It was all good. I, I understood that. They had to tape my fingers down so they could expose the joint. But um, we uh, then we moved in back into the room, and so she took a shot of Novocaine and stuck it in the base of my finger, and she's touching the tip of my finger, and she's like, "Is it numb yet?" And I said, "You know what? Not yet. It's it's getting there." And I'm concerned about the knuckle. I don't give a shit as long as the knuckle's even a remotely whatever. Like I know it's a dislocation. It's gonna go back in. It's gonna be okay. I'm I'm I'm, I'm my muscles are fine. I mean they were tightened up and everything, and that might be what they were wanting, but. Still, it, it would have been fine. And so, well, and and then she took a second one and put it directly into the knuckle. Or below it or next to it, whatever. And she's touching the tip of my finger. And she's saying, is it numb yet? And, I'm, and I told her, no, it's not numb yet. This is, my knuckle is, but this tip of my finger is not. A third shot. 
is it numb yet? My knuckle is completely, but my fingertip is not. And I'm getting frustrated. And so one more shot of Novocaine. Four whole shots of Novocaine. And she and I'm and and I half lied to her. It was barely getting numb. And she's like, is it numb yet? I said, yes, it's numb. And so I looked left, hold my mother's hand, popped it right back in. Perfect. Nothing. No, no, no drama. No drama llama. Felt really good. Um so if you guys are medical at all, I, I never asked my aunt who's a nurse now. I never asked her if that was procedure. But if you guys are anything medical and you have something to say about that, if that's really what you're supposed to do, or if she was being kind of extra, I'd love to know. I would love to know. It, I, 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 I'm always angsty against her, but if I, I don't, if I, if I should not be angsty towards her, I won't be. But yeah, that, that was that. And so half of my middle finger was numb. Into my palm was kind of numb, and I was just like, that seemed like a little bit extra. And so I still went to wrestling practices. I still finished out the season. Not everybody did. Uh, I was still there with my my finger brace. I wish I still had it, but yeah, it, it wasn't that big of a deal. It's still swollen to this day, and I can still see a vein that's like extra bruised or just discolored or whatever. It, it yeah, I, I couldn't. I think goodness it wasn't my left finger, but yeah, that, that's just from the two hours. So. Yeah, there was that. Um, mm. Man, that was a that was an experience. And so there was that. So that I, that that finished out my junior year of wrestling. And so I was kind of bummed, but I had a really good year for that year. I I I won a lot of stuff. Um, uh, I made I placed second in and I'll, and I'll probably come back in on it on another um, another podcast of all my wrestling adventures. Stuff about wrestling, I'll have to get back into it, but I, um, oh, shit. I took a, I took second in a JV tournament that year, and then sophomore year, I took first in the same tournament. I, I had such a stupid mistake. I'll talk about that in another podcast, but that was a really good year for me. I felt really confident. I felt really strong. Um, had some good fellowship. I've always had issues with people in general, just more of just like assimilating a friendship, especially in people that don't uphold the same stuff that I do. So like most of the kids and stuff were into drugs, partying, uh, girls. And at that point I wasn't into the, the same way that they were. And it just was awkward. And, you know, I, I've, I could have been pretty snobby. I'm not going to lie. Looking back on it now, I, I could have been pretty snobby. So I, I don't blame anybody for not wanting to be my friend, but I did, I did pretty well that year. Um, and then after that, so there was that and so that spring um my grandfather on my mother's side died um I, i'm i'm still sad about it but like it, it wasn't the worst we weren't exactly the most close uh, as grandfather and grandson um even though i was the oldest grandson um he was there was some family drama i don't want to get into but you know i still love the guy i, I still have a hat from his uh, trucking company or the company he used to work for um i'll post that sometime soon out of respect but so i i that's this is when i was full into longboarding so i i uh took the chance and i skated pretty hard and just kind of worked on my feelings my mother left and so then a couple a couple weeks after that he i um i was really cracking down on um coleman's and i've talked about this already i have uh dislocating my shoulder so i'm gonna go over it briefly in case anybody didn't listen to that podcast but so what ended up happening was that I was trying to master a Coleman slide, and I'm not going to describe it too much because I already did in the podcast. You can look it up if you want. Um, essentially, you lean back, and with the pressure on the, the ground behind you, 
you kick out your your board and slide along it and then are you able to stand up and shut off a lot of speed and i really wanted to master that and so i was doing it all day i'd started right early in the morning like eight in the morning or something like that i was up at least at, i was up at six and like out by eight or something like that and i had only eaten a small breakfast and so by six o'clock p.m i hadn't been home i hadn't done anything i had barely rested and so i told myself infamous one more run one more run and so i made it halfway down tried to initiate a slide uh essentially uh high sighted or essentially stopped abruptly got fucked off of it assumed a push-up position to catch myself and shot my left shoulder clear out of joint and is it a meniscus i think i tore the meniscus i think that's what it is um and so there was that and then so that was another six hours and until i got that relocated uh bimbo nurse tried to make me put my shoulders back i couldn't do it uh, they gave me something there. Two hours in the waiting room. Survivor blaring in my ear, wanting to puke. Uh, Schwarzenegger movie and a half in uh, the waiting or the room itself. The doctor came in, finally laid me down on my back, and and uh, I'm doped up on Dilaudid. If anybody knows that stuff, it's good shit. But I'm I'm telling him I'm a hero. This hurts. La da da. And so we finally, like, essentially, like, chicken wing, like, where, like, you take your elbow, you put to, to your side, make your arm a 90-degree angle, and you kick it out left straight, keeping your arm against your your uh, uh, side. That that snucked it right in. That was awesome. Oh, that felt so good. Uh, I So I still have the tear, never got the surgery, did the physical therapy pretty religiously. Um, and two days later, I was right back on the longboard with my sling. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, that, that was that was a good time. Oh, man, I just wanted to include that one because it's one of the biggest injuries. If you want a better telling of it, go back to my uh, longboarding podcast. That'll that'll get you good and, and doped up on that. And then after that, I'm trying to think. Uh, I've had some other things. I've talked about my childhood. There was that. I've had a lot of bruises, a lot of bruising. Um, one of my, f- I-, I wouldn't say favorite um, scrapes or bruises would have to be on my right knuckle. It's kind of permanently pink, pinker than around it now. So what ended up happening was that there's a move in longboarding called an early grab. And so what that is is essentially instead of having to do an ollie to get any sort of air, you can you can crouch down, tucking your your back knee down to the board, and you crouch down. You grab right behind your foot, your front foot, and you spring up, holding the board to your feet, and you literally just leap into the air with your board. It's a really sick move. Lots of fun. You can do a lot of good stuff with it. Um, and so I was on my pintail, my very flexy, very flexible, very very springy board, and I grabbed too far back because I got comfortable. And as I came down, the board flexed so much that it, I literally punched the ground. And so my knuckle was just so torn up from that, just that concrete. It hurt so bad. But actually, no, don't lie. I keep saying that. No, it didn't hurt so bad. It was just super bleeding. I... I was just like, I was so, I was just more in shock that I had done it. That's what hurt so bad. I, um, and so then I, I got it cleaned up. It was, it was scabbing over. It was scabbing over. It was just barely hardened enough to the point where I didn't need a bandaid anymore. And then I did it again in the same exact spot. Just wham, right all over again. Now that actually hurt. Not going to lie. That actually hurt. And I was so friggin' pissed off. And so I, it for the longest time it was this big pink mark and it was almost infected I think it almost got infected I had a little something that it had gotten out but yeah so that's still pinkish to that point 
And then from that time on, I've had some scrapes, had some bruises, had some, you know, I, I threw my back out a little bit, my upper back, uh, trying to get training for a job in a shitty chair on a three-foot cord and caught myself wrong and just seized it up tight. Still have issues with that sometimes today. But I uh, there was that. And then I'm trying to think if there was anything else. Um, and then so the latest, the latest one. And uh, so I work in a factory, essentially a printing press. And so there's metal everywhere. There's moving parts. There's things like that. So there's a lot of potential. I could lose a finger, lose my life, lose an arm, all that good jazz. And so there uh, on the ink, because on the ink uh, printing parts, the the well, the print heads. Yeah, there uh, they have these plastic covers on them. So they descend down when it's running. So nothing gets in or gets out or, you know, just keep it whatever. But air was getting in underneath and drying the ink before. So somebody's wise idea decided to take the metal blades that we install into the cassettes of the ink that keep the ink just ever so slightly on the on the the print head you know the one of the thick fatty ones decided to tape it on there with the blade side up they were smart about it but still it's still thin metal and so i was cleaning off the printing plate and uh as i was cleaning it i just so happened to rip my knuckle straight across the corner of this blade. Uh, the dull part of the blade. And I just... Uh, I always, You know, it was one of those moments where it's like, did I really cut myself? That felt really bad. That felt like something happened. I'm not sure. Because all the time, you scrape yourself. You're like, oh, was that bad? Was that bad? Was that bad? Oh, no. Oh, no. Did I break something? Oh, my gosh. And it's when it actually happens. You just have this, this, this calm feeling of, uh-oh. And I look down... And it was bleeding in my glove, and I pulled my glove off, and it was just this about a eh, eh, inch, a little bit over an inch, I'd say. Just gash, just straight in, cutting my cartilage. It didn't make it to bone, but it did cut the cartilage. And I went up to my operator. I'm like, hey, uh, should I get stitches for this? And he looks down at me, and he's like, go. Get out of here. Go. And so, taking pictures, the HR guy drove me unnecessarily. Uh, I got... Three. I only got three stitches. I'm so bummed. My head injury still had more stitches than this, but it was pretty badass um, still. So I was out for that day. Uh, I just had to be very gentle for the next couple of days. And so, yeah, it was just this huge just gash. And my wife was, like, freaking out. I didn't tell her about it until after I was stitched up because I knew she would try to leave her job. But she's so sweet. She loves to take care of me. I love her for that. But sometimes I'm just like, I got to get this done so she can do her thing. But... Man, that was that was intense. That that was a that was a crazy moment. I had I haven't had a cut like that in forever, and so I, I forgot all about that like that that feeling because the the doctor he numbed it, but then he proceeded to like really like finger it. He like moved it around, and I was just like gripping my leg. I was like, please don't, please don't, please don't tear more, please don't tear more. I was like freaking out. I almost fainted on that point, and I just laid back and he did it up, and I got a pink hand wrap. So you know, pink is a manly color. People represent. Um, yeah, and so that was the latest, like, severe injury I wanted to talk about. That that, that was probably the last one, latest one, the latest one. But uh, some of the other stuff from my childhood that I skipped over um, would be that um, I, uh, oh, crap, now I'm forgetting it, which one I was going to talk about first. But so when I was in Scouts as a kid, I was about 12 years old, there was a, what's called a Klondike uh, camp out. And so what that is, is at least in the area that I was, it's a winter camp. I was like an official winter camp out that a lot of people do. 
And so the one where I was at, there was this uh, oh, there was this plot of land that was owned by either by the city or the government or whatever. I'm pretty sure it was some small municipality. And so what they would do is take the to- or, uh, plow trucks and they would go in and they would push up huge, ginormous mounds of snow, like 20 feet high, some crazy, maybe 10 feet high, but it looked like 20 feet high. No, some crazy, crazy amount of snow. And so all the troops from the surrounding area would come in and they were all allowed to either y- utilize the mounds of snow or make their own ice igloos or igloos or and snow sculptures and so we would always use the 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 mound of snow and it was so awesome the first year i'm gonna be talking about this first year uh it was it was um super cold everything stayed fine and it wasn't melting and i remember the next morning this is only an overnight so the morning of i was heating my hands up against a space heater and it had like a great grit a grate that looked like it was a bunch of eight figure eights and so i did not realize but i had essentially partially branded the the my my fingers um like the, the like the second knuckle up so the, the the middle part all the middle parts of my fingers i had a a small figure eight on every single one of them and so i went around telling everybody that i was part of the the eights club the eights gang and they all just brushed me off. I still have a little mark. I, I wouldn't be able to take a picture of it, I was, at least with my phone. But there's still just a little bit of a mark on there. So I still have that. Um, oh, yeah. And so beginning of seventh grade, um, I contracted shingles. I have no idea from where. I have no idea from what. But it was so bad. Because if you know anything about shingles, it follows a nerve pattern. And so I contracted it on my... Like right below my left breast on my rib cage, and so it went from essentially just left of like the center of my chest in that region, like right above the belly button to the left, went from all the way over there straight to the middle of my back and a little bit into the right side. It was just this huge cluster of blisters and shingles. Essentially, the doctor hadn't seen anything like that, and I was only twelve years old, no eleven at that point. And so I was out for a week on that. Still didn't do gym for the next couple of days. And so, oh man, if you have had, if you have not had shingles, please pray that you don't. It's terrible. It up until my shoulder, it was the one thing that I had the that I experienced the most pain in. It was terrible, ter- terrible, terrible. I I could not sleep. My they gave us um, these t- uh, these prototype. Uh, bandages that had numbing cream or something on them. Like patches, not bandages, but patches. And so my mother applied them, and she cut them up, and, missed, and, 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 you know, and she got every spot except for the small of my back. Like, you put your thumb on your uh, second knuckle on your forefinger, and the little hole that you can make out of it, that was the amount of space that she missed. And I literally could not sleep. It was that intense. Oh, it was terrible. But the worst part was, was when she went to take off the patches, it ripped off all the skin of the blisters. Oh my god, it was terrible. I still have some of the scars, some of the discoloring from that. It just was painful. So from that point, my mother went witch doctor, and she took some sort of fancy mud that she got, applied plastic wrap around it, and then on top of the shingles and the mud, I got a rash from the plastic wrap. I was a miserable kid. 
And so there was and that that was that. That was that was shingles. That was terrible. So I may or may not get him again. I'll let you know, but I hope I don't get him in the same spot cuz I'm going to have to go beat up somebody out of pain. Wow. And so with that, I think that's just about all of my injuries. I don't think I really had much more other than a couple of concussions, a couple of bruises. Uh, I can't really talk about falling out of trees and screaming my back. That's not so much an injury, but that's a that's another story for childhood stories. Um, not really. And I'm for the sake of time, I'm just gonna not talk about my brothers at all. Um, I don't want to embarrass the one. I'll I'll tell embarrassing stories some other podcast. But uh, you know, yeah, that's it. You know, that's those are my injuries from my childhood to my adult life to my longboarding days and my wrestling days. Those are all the. Those are all the war stories and scars that I like to share with people, especially when where we're comparing. So I, uh, I mean, they're not the best, they're not the worst. Uh, they're they're about average, I'd say. So, but I hope you guys enjoy listening to them a little bit, of, a little bit of gore. So I'm gonna try and figure out a a good a uh, a good picture that's not the most gory out of all of them. But I'm gonna get something that's gonna be pretty interesting. I, I will on, on Facebook. I know for sure I'm gonna post uh, all the pictures I can acquire. So. Stay tuned on that. Uh, that might come in tomorrow or the next day. I don't know if I'll have time today. I've got some stuff to do. But I know on Instagram you're going to see at least uh, one of them. Um, so, yeah, with, with there, there with that, you're, you guys can you guys can see what I, I went through. There, there, there was quite a bit. So I'll have to find them all. I don't know if I can. But I'll, I'll, I'll get as many as I can possibly. So, you know, thanks for listening, everybody. I really appreciate it. I, Really, once again, I really have loved all the feedback that I've gotten, all the support. I'm going to keep at this. Uh, I know I'm a little bit late on this podcast. I'm actually really late on this podcast, but uh, I really hope that you guys are all still listening along and still anxious for it. Uh, As always, give feedback, give suggestions, give topics. If anybody feels like they want to be interviewed, especially here local in the Buffalo area, I don't know about calling in. I still have to figure out this technology. It's still kind of new to me. Um, especially in the local area, you know, I'm I'm up, I'm I'm up for some things. I I feel like I am not as confident sometimes because I'm just talking to myself to you guys. So I'm just like, oh, are they getting it? I think if a real conversation were to happen, it might even get better. But eh, whatever, I'm down for anything. Um, as always, just just send me a message, send me a picture, call me, text me if you have my number. You know who you are. Um, to me at least, <laughs> not that anyone needs to but I um, yeah, no, seriously. Hit me up, people. So I'm, I'm going to close this out now. So everybody have a wonderful day. Keep it safe. You know, help somebody out and do something noteworthy, even if it's only to yourself.